0: Welcome to the Melton Forge Works podcast. I'm going to take you along on my day to day adventures in bladesmithing and blacksmithing. I'll be talking about the people involved in the craft and the tools and the methods that go along with it. So, thanks for listening. All right, let's see. What is today? Today is Friday, June the 3rd. About 7:20 a.m. in the morning, and I am on the road to Atlanta to go to Blade Show. So most of you know me uh, more of a more as a blacksmith uh, than a bladesmith, but my first foray into metalworking was was really all around blades, and uh, I really. I started into bladesmithing with a really good friend of mine. His name is Chris Crawford. And uh, Chris and I went to the same high school, and we went to the same college, uh, same church. And, uh, you know, we've known each other for quite a long time. And we've kind of followed each other around in different hobbies and uh, done things like that together. And anyway, we, we, we both started knife making. Uh, at the same time, somewhere around the year 2000 I think and and Chris went into uh, more of the pocket knife world of knife making and uh, I pursued more of the forged blade um, and and Chris got much more of a head start into knife making than I did he He had a good intense, I think two year period where he really, really, turned out a lot of work and uh his skills just shot right off the charts really quickly and uh he's been featured in blade magazine he's uh he's a well-known pocket knife maker he makes some really really great pocket knives including some really intricate scale release automatics where you uh you twist the scales on the side of the knife uh, to, uh, release the blade. and They're just little just awesome little switch blades. But anyway, Chris has uh, never been to Blade Show, and, and so I'm meeting him this morning in Birmingham. I'm going to park my truck, and then we're going to travel over to Atlanta together, and uh, we're going to go to Blade Show today and tomorrow. So I'm really excited for Blade Show this this year, not, not just because it's blade show and it'll be a lot of fun to see everybody and see all the cool stuff, but I'm excited to go with Chris because, you know, we both started down this road together and, uh, I'm really, uh, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna be blown away by the experience. And, uh, I'm happy that he's going to get to see and talk to a lot of people, um, in person, uh, that he's probably learned from and sold knives to and, uh, so anyway, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to try to get Chris uh, to do some audio for the podcast, maybe in the next segment or two while we're driving. But um, I hope also to capture some of the uh, action at Blade Show this year. You know, last year, Blade Show was it was a good event, but it was still not quite what it what it should be because COVID was still playing a big role in, uh, keeping a lot of people away. And, uh, in particular, all the European, uh, makers, uh, all, well, all the international makers, I should say, were not in attendance because, uh, most countries were not allowing travel at that time. And this year, you know, that's all done with and, um, There's going to be a lot of people there from all over the world. And, um, so yeah, I just, I think it's going to be a great time. Lots of fun. I'm looking forward to it. I've spent all week, uh, printing anvils and, uh, making little 3D printed hammers. And I made some, I made some little 3D printed war hammers that are, uh, direct copies of Niels Vandenberg, um, Warhammer, which I picked up last year at Blade Show. Niels is one of the bladesmiths I'm really excited to get to meet in person this year. I've been following his work for quite a while, um, and I bought that Warhammer that he sent with someone else last year, um, and uh, so I made some little small replicas. I'm going to give him one and uh, hand a few out to other people uh, today. So yeah, it's going to be a good time. Looking forward to it i um, going to go and visit with the people um, at the uh, Beaumont Metalworks booth, the KMG folks. i uh, hopefully going to pick up one of the new Caffrey platens. Uh, Ed Caffrey worked with them to develop a rotating platen for a knife grinder, which is really cool. It's got a quick release that allows the platen to rotate 360 degrees. And it's got, I think it has a three inch contact wheel. Maybe it's a a five inch contact wheel on the bottom and a smaller contact wheel. It's either a one and a half or a two inch contact wheel on the top, um, with a standard flat platen in between. But what's really cool is you can just pull a lever and swing that thing around and turn the flat platen into a small wheel or small radius wheel, um, just really, really quickly. And so, I'm really, really hoping I can pick one of those up today. They they look amazing, um, and uh, just to get to walk around and, and visit. So I'll keep you updated uh, throughout this episode with details about Blade. So thanks, and see ya. All right, so it's Saturday night. I'm on the way back from Blade Show. I'm getting close to the house, and uh, I thought I would just record just a few thoughts real quick for this segment. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about, about Blade Show in uh, later parts of this episode, but just wanted to record a couple of thoughts that were kind of running through my mind as I, as I was on the way home. And that was, um, first of all, it was an awesome show. It was great to get to meet everybody and see everybody as usual. And um, just a really good show and good to see so much activity there. I heard so many people say that they were doing well at the show, like they were they were selling a lot of stuff, they were doing really well, um, but um, today I, I met a, a young man, um, Little Black Iron Forge, I believe is his name, and um, anyway, I think he's 11 years old, this kid is fired up, for knife making just on fire for it has a has a really awesome goal he wants to be the youngest abs journeyman smith you know i think he the earliest he can test will be when he turns 13 but you know this young man and his father asked you know to get a picture with me i'm not an abs journeyman smith you know i'm 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 an ABS apprentice, you know, I'm just a member of the ABS, and I occasionally make knives now, but, you know, th- this kid was really excited about knife making, and it was obvious to me, and I think his dad even mentioned this, that, you know, he'd been watching Forged in Fire, and he got really excited about knife making, and, you know... <laughs> I just want to revisit this topic again about whether or not forged in fire as a phenomenon has been good or bad for the bladesmithing community. And I don't care who you are or what your opinion is, but if you saw this kid today and what he was doing, the work he was putting out at his age, and you came away from that saying that forged in fire has been a negative influence on bladesmithing, I am unapologetically going to say you are out of your mind. You are just, you're wrong. You're wrong, wrong, wrong. That kid is the future of the American Bladesmith Society, and he's the future of the bladesmithing community. And he wasn't the only one like that that I saw. You know, I saw a bunch of people who had gotten their start as a result of that show. Were some of them doing better quality work than others? Absolutely. You know. But that's always going to be the case. And it has always been the case in the bladesmithing world, you know. And uh, so anyway, I just wanted to give give him a shout out and just say, you know, it's, it was exciting to see so much enthusiasm in a, in a kid like that. And just to see that he's fired up to enter the world of forging and bladesmithing. And, uh, it was encouraging to see, you know, um, also, um, it, it kind of lit a fire under me to, to revisit the idea of, of maybe going for my ABS journeyman Smith ranking. You know, I've I've kind of let that idea die for a number of reasons over the years. Um, but you know, they had, I think the largest contingent of ABS journeyman Smith applicants, uh, this year at blade and a bunch of them passed. And, uh, so that was really cool to see. Um, it was fun going with Chris, uh, Chris Crawford. I think he had a great time. He got to see a lot of people that uh, he has helped with his videos and uh, with his tutorials and stuff. And uh, I think think that there were a lot of people that were that were happy to get to meet him face to face. And uh, I was just, I had a ball. I had a I had a great time riding over with him and uh, just getting to catch up. And uh, that was a really really good time. I didn't unfortunately didn't get to get him uh to talk on the podcast uh, we were both just exhausted after Friday and today uh, walking around and talking and seeing everybody and um you know I, I didn't get any audio I didn't get very much video um I would I would walk about you know 30 feet in blade show and I would either run into somebody I knew or, or somebody would would uh flag me down and and say, Hey, and so that was awesome. And, um, got to meet with, um, Beaumont Metalworks. Those guys are fantastic. It's awesome to see what Andrew is doing, uh, over there at, uh, Beaumont Metalworks with the KMG grinders. I picked up the Ed Caffrey platen. I'm going to be showing and talking about that. Uh, It's a really cool, versatile platen to put on your grinder. Um, and, uh, got to see a, just a bajillion knives, you know, and, uh, lots of axes and tomahawks. I didn't, I didn't see very much in the way of, of blacksmithing, you know, um, of course it is blade show and you wouldn't expect that, but, um, you know, with, with John Norwood not being there this year, um, it, there was a gap in that regard as far as, you know, seeing someone selling hammers and tongs and things like that. And it made me think about, Hey, you know, maybe I need to put a booth up next year. And that's the second thing I kind of wanted to talk about besides, you know, uh, the whole idea about in fire. But the second thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, I've given a lot of thought to, uh, to putting up a, a table at bladesmith or I mean at blade show and bringing some stuff to sell and and having a presence there, and uh, you know, Chris and I were talking on the way back about the cost uh, to do that. And you know, it, it's six hundred dollars to book a table. And uh, if you book a table, then you need to be there, you know, at least by Thursday, maybe by Wednesday, to get set up. So you need to have a hotel room for not just the two nights of Blade Show, Friday and Saturday, you know you need to have a hotel for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, you know, or at least Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, which, you know, that's, that's several more hundred dollars. So right off the bat, just with room and board and food and uh, travel expenses and the table cost, I think at a bare minimum, you're going to be looking at, a uh, thousand to twelve hundred dollars just to show up to blade show, and you know i 'll be honest even even bringing my best work to Bla- to blade show you you are in you 're in a sea of other people selling their stuff and i'm just i 'm not convinced that I could sell twelve hundred dollars worth of goods to just break even on the trip you know? And so, and I know that's not the only reason why you get a table at blade. A lot of it's about exposure and, and being there. Uh, but you know, it is, that is a significant expense. And if you're not going to, if you're not pretty sure you're going to recoup that, then, you know, that's, that's taking a loss. And, uh, so I don't know. I had to, I really, I thought back and forth about trying to book a table for next year and book the hotel rooms and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I just, I don't know, man, it's, it is an expensive endeavor to show up and get a table set up at blade show. Uh, and, uh, so it's, it's one of those things you got to think really long and hard about and, uh, and do some self-evaluation about whether or not, you know, you've got enough product, that's going to be in enough demand to uh, make it worth your while. So anyway, just a few thoughts about Blade Show. Again, I'm almost home. I'm worn out from all the walking and talking. So, um, I'll pick this episode up again tomorrow. We'll talk more about it. All right. So it's been a week, uh, well, a couple of weeks almost it's Saturday, June the 18th. It's 8:38 in the morning. I'm headed to the Forge Council meeting and, uh, I realized I needed to wrap this episode up, and uh, so I was going to record one last segment before I published this podcast, but um, I wanted to revisit the idea of the ABS uh, Journeyman Smith topic. Um, It was was pretty inspiring this year at Blade to see so many people go and attempt that and pass it, and the quality, the level of quality in these knives is through the roof, you know, it's a, it's a high bar that's being set these days to join the rank of the journeyman Smith, um, or, or to attain that rank. And, um, you know, I I think it's no small undertaking to say that you're going to do that. And, um, and so I've been thinking about it a lot. And, uh, the only reason that I really have any interest in pursuing the JS rank is is just for a personal goal. I mean, I don't have anything. I I don't feel like I have anything to prove to anybody. Um, I don't really have any anticipation of, of getting deeper into knife making and, and trying to sell or, or make more knives, but, but I do want to, uh, I do want to go through that process just to, just to prove to myself that I can do it, which is, I think a fairly good reason to do it. So, uh, I was thinking about what, what areas in my particular skill set, uh, what areas need the most work. And it's, it's obvious to me that my grinding is my weakest point. And it, in my experience, grinding is the hardest part to master. And um, I know people that have been around the knife making scene for a long time that still struggle with grinding a, a really good even bevel. And uh, and so I know that that's an area that I need to uh, improve on. So, in that regard, I reached out to Terry Van Deventer, who is a local ABS master bladesmith. And if you don't know who Terry Van Deventer is, go look up his work. If you just go Google Terry, T E R R Y, V A N D E V E N T E R, I believe, Van Deventer um, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. The guy is ridiculously talented and puts out the highest quality knives. Um, I mean the highest. So anyway, <laughs> he's not far from me. He's maybe 20 or 30 minutes from me. And, uh, I've known Terry for off and on for quite a while. I haven't spent a lot of time with him or anything, but, um, anyway, I reached out to Terry and I said, Hey, you know, would you be willing to, uh, to let me bring some knives over and um do a little bit of grinding tune-up you know and so I'm gonna go and meet with him sometime after July so uh sometime within a month or so I'm gonna go to his shop and spend some time and get him to uh give me some pointers on grinding and then I'm going to uh take some knives with me that I've ground and have him take a look at them and uh see if I can get my grinding game a little bit tighter because I think if I can get my my grinding improved uh I don't I don't really have any uh hesitations or uh the rest of the process doesn't really intimidate me uh so much as making sure I've got uh, my grinds where they should be so anyway I'm going to go ahead and and head down the path of trying to get my stuff in gear so that I can test for JS and present five knives at blade show next year. So anyway, I'm getting close to the forge council meeting. I'll talk more about the ABS JS process as I go through it and, um, let you know how that goes. So thanks for listening. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.